Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. The final horn has sounded. That'll do it. And it's time for the Mark Miller Utah Jazz postgame show with your hosts, Jake Scott and the coach, Tim LaCoe. All right, Jazz postgame. Jazz fall 118 to 108. Let's get immediately down to the media room and hear from Jazz head coach Will Hardy. Um, a, a tough night shooting the ball, which puts a lot of pressure on you in, in other ways. Um, I thought we got, of the 44 threes we took, I thought a lot of them were good looks. Um, didn't make enough from there. I think the guys responded in the second half, uh, did a very good job. Um, with the zone, you know, mixing it up in the second half. Obviously, in the fourth quarter, um, we didn't do a good enough job locating D'Angelo Russell as he got hot. Um, but that's stuff that we'll look at on film. But I think overall, you know, a, a tough game shooting the ball. Um, but our guys stayed in it and didn't quit. Um, so on to Denver. For some of the, the three point looks, you said a lot of them were good, but. A lot of them also were felt like early in the shot clock. Are you mm-hmm. okay with that? Yeah, I think we have plenty of capable shooters that, you know, some of those ones like Kelly trailing, um, some of the transition kick ahead threes, I think, you know, those are shots that we're looking for. Um, you know, there's always moments where when they miss, it feels like, ah, that was rushed. We could have gotten something better. But. Um, you know, Minnesota's a, a good team, and it's not always guaranteed that you're going to get a better look later in the clock. So um, we trust our guys to make those decisions, um, you know, when to shoot and when to pass. And some of those early looks, you know, when we make them, everybody says, you know, wow, it's great pace and, um, you know, way to look for for those early threes. So um, we'll go back and watch them as a staff and, and discuss them. But I think, you know, in any NBA game, it's hard to get off, you know, 30, 35, 40 perfect threes. Um, so I, I never felt in the game like we took two or three, like, bad threes in a row. Um, just a, a tough night shooting the ball. Did you think that, you know, at some point you just, guys just couldn't get the stop, the one defensive stop that you, you really needed, you know, once you guys got into a possession or tied the game? Yeah, it, it, it's hard. You expend a lot of energy when you're down 15 to get back into the game. Um, you're playing against the best players in the world, and so you leave yourself susceptible to a good player like D'Angelo Russell, you know, getting hot and, and making a few in a row. Um, you know, I think our, our energy was was great in the second half I think at the end of the first half it uh, wasn't where it needed to be Um, you know our guys never quit but um, you know you can't put yourself in that spot over and over again I don't think we have but um, you know if you're down 15 in the NBA it takes a lot of energy to, to come back and so sometimes at the end of the game you just 
don't quite have the the juice to get over the top. What did you think about the defense on D'Angelo overall? I thought it was great until it wasn't. Um, you know, he was 0 for 3 from 3 going into the fourth quarter. Um, you know, zone tests your communication. And I think for the most part, our communication was, was good. We just had a, a couple possessions where we lost him and we were about a half second late getting there. And, um, you know, he's a, he's a really good shooter. Um, you know, I think up to that point, he was he had scored some baskets in the mid-range, um, which don't necessarily bother me. I think uh, making guys work for those um, is not a huge issue. But, um, you know, when you when you do go to zone, you have to be able to, to locate guys and try to take away the catch-and-shoot threes. I think that's the probably the toughest part for me is that I felt like of those six, he hit one right in front of our bench that was off the dribble. Um, trying to remember if there was another one that was off the dribble. They felt like it was a lot of catch-and-shoot threes. Um, so if I had any complaint, it would be that. But, um, you know, up until then, I think we did a pretty good job making him work. I thought Nikhil was good, um, you know, getting into the ball early in the game. So we'll go back, watch the zone. You know, it's it's going to continue to be a part of our identity. Um, it's a good way for us to to mix up the game, and I thought the guys did a great job of it. Gobert took the, that shot at the end, the unguarded one when the game was already basically over. What did you think about that? Just, it was a nice layup. Yeah. He now has 22 points. He played a great game. That's the extent of my thoughts on that play. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> All right, there you go. Jazz head coach Will Hardy at your post-game show. Jake Scott coach Tim Lacombe, 118-108 to 108, uh, is your final. The Jazz fall tonight to the Minnesota Timberwolves. I like coach's reaction there to the, the, the last layup. I mean, I understand it's one of those unwritten rules, but really, in my opinion, somewhat inconsequential. Yeah, it's a layup, you know, and you don't love it. Uh, but I, again... I worry about my own crew. Yeah. Uh, in, in in speaking of that, Coach Finch uh, coached the T Wolves on the dust up at the end between Malik and Rudy. "Quote: Don't press us. If you're going to press us, we're going to lay it in." And you know, I, I get that too. You know, team. That's what you teach your team. People crawl up in you, press you, you pass it over the top, the middle, side, side, layup. That's what you do. So there's two sides to every story. Of course. Yeah, yeah. And, and I, that's why I just say emotional, you know, walk away. It's all good. It's all right. Rudy in his return, 22 points, 13 rebounds. Did not have a block shot. Was 8 of 11 from the field. Uh, D'Angelo Russell, <clears throat> absolutely the story of the game for the Timberwolves. What a fourth quarter for him. He finished the game with 30 points, 12 of 16 shooting, 6 of 9 from 3, and absolutely hit the shots down the stretch that uh, sealed the deal. The Jazz kind of tried to make it interesting, and then Russell would hit a 3. And then the Jazz would come back and try and make it interesting, and then Russell would hit a 3. He was terrific. And he's one of those guys, you know, I've seen it last year. I remember him coming in and being really difficult in isolation to guard for the Jazz, and he had a big fourth quarter and um, one of the stops. But uh, I, I felt like tonight he got in a rhythm, and 
you know, I do feel like the, the Jazz did a pretty decent job at being there. Um, you know, one in time in particular, it was Na who closed out on him, and he jumped as high as he could, you know, extended his arm as, as much as he could, didn't foul him. That's what you ask your guys to do. And, and if you know, he just kind of had a really big quarter, made a bunch of shots, and he's that type of player. Um, so it's a little bit tough when they get going, but you, you certainly say – he hit the timely ones. He hit the ones that answered every run. Um, I would say he was the biggest difference in the game. For the Jazz, Malik Beasley had 23 tonight. Jordan Clarkson had 21. Mike Conley, uh, in his first game back in nine games, had 17 points on 6 of 11 shooting. He had six assists. I thought Mike played great. Man, Mike played great. couple assists right out of the gate, the no-looker bounce pass. Um, he He was, yeah, he looked good. He was moving good. Uh, hit that big three, actually a couple big threes down the stretch. Um, so I loved everything I saw. I'm just glad he's moving around good and, and looked comfortable out there. All right, the Jazz fall tonight to the Timberwolves, 118-108. to 108. With that, we will say goodnight to our network stations. Uh, our next broadcast coming your way tomorrow night. The Jazz are traveling. They're on the road in Denver. That game will tip off at 7 o'clock. For those of you sticking around with us, we've got sound from the players. We'll continue to get Coach Combs' thoughts on this one as well. You are listening to Utah Jazz Basketball. I'm Dave Cauley investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. That'll do it. And it's time for the Mark Miller Utah Jazz Post Game Show with your hosts, Jake Scott and the coach, Tim Lacombe. Jazz Post Game, Jake Scott, coach Tim Lacombe. Post Game brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share your Subaru story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share at markmillersubaru.com. 118 to 108. Is your final? The Jazz fall tonight to the Timberwolves. Jake Scott, Coach Tim Lacombe, and the Timberwolves come out on top in Rudy Gobert's return to Utah. And I thought, you know, we heard from Coach Hardy in the last segment, Coach Lacombe, and I got the impression that he didn't feel like the Jazz had their best game tonight. Maybe that seems like an obvious take, but we usually don't kind of, I don't know. Coach Hardy's so even; sometimes it's tough to read him. It felt like he was a little bit, maybe more frustrated with how his team played. Yeah, and you know, but I will say, you know, I heard Lowry was out. I knew it was going to be a tough one. Um, he, he's he's certainly, you know, th- this team doesn't necessarily have a quote unquote number one, but it's as close as you get, and certainly playing that role for this team. So I, I just thought him not being out there was going to be hard. 
um, a little bit with Sexton out as well. You know, you're just a, and Mike coming off of injury it just seemed like a little tenuous. So yeah, I was impressed with the way they fought, and I thought the Rudy and the you know Rudy and the Wolves did a good job of making things tough for the Jazz, but they worked their way through it. And again, a couple possession game fourth quarter just. You know, and then Russell happened. Well, Lockaboo talked a lot about the zone, and I think uh, the Jazz going zone was effective. They held the the T Wolves to just twenty one points in the third quarter, but at some point, did they need to make an adjustment on Russell in the fourth quarter? Because it seemed like him getting open looks was what was going to uh, win the game for the Timberwolves. Yeah, and t- you know, and at the same time, he's shooting thirty one percent off the bounce, and they did make him bounce a couple of those. So I. You know, you're making him do things. You got to give up something. Yeah, uh, right. And I, I really do believe that. You know, m- maybe once or twice early on, they kind of stood up and lost him. But I think for the most part, he made tough shots. You know, he was he was a closer for them tonight. How about Kyle Anderson with a double double for the Timberwolves? Fifteen points on four or five shooting, seven or nine at the line. But he had twelve assists and seven rebounds. He's he's a crafty, good player. I've always really liked his game. It's it's under the rim, a little under the radar, but he's long. He's very long, and he has the ability to kind of play at his pace. Um, but unique player. You saw him take the three. Does not look great, but he's effective, and he's been on. He's won some rings. He's been in the league a long time, and he's a good veteran for these guys to have. It seems like a steady guy with very long. By the way, and and Naz Reed played pretty well tonight with twelve points. Four of ten shooting, three of six from three. The set shot three ball. I don't think we've seen that in this league in quite some time. Nas Reed with the he was fifty percent tonight. The the set shot three ball. Yes, please. That was a yeah. It was it, it thought brought back memories of yesteryear from me. But uh, whatever goes in, you know. Oh yeah, and he made enough to. I mean. You know, he was a, they won by 10, but he kept the Jazz at bay a couple of times with his threes. And, yeah, it doesn't necessarily – I've always – I mean, it was my golf game. It's not how, it's how many. I'm I'm totally going blank, and I shouldn't bring this up unless I have his name. Maybe you could help me. Oh, the U, UNLV guy played for the Suns for a long time, played for the Mavericks. Sean Marion. Sean Marion and that knuckleball two-hander that somehow went in at a dynamic clip. You just got to look at it and say, I guess I don't care how it looks as long as it goes down, right? That was a very wild, as Hot Rod would say, and I heard him actually saw a clip of Hot Rod with the frozen rope. (laughs) But Marion definitely had that frozen rope, Jay. Just chucked it right at the rim. But it was, it it went down more than, yeah, more than it probably deserved. It was, yeah, didn't they call him the Matrix? That's right. Mm-hmm. And I almost think it was because his jumper was out of the matrix. I know he's athletic, but that was out of the matrix the way he got that thing off. But, yeah, Naz Reed taking the, taking the set shot three. It was effective uh, for the Timberwolves tonight. Uh, Malik Beasley had a good game against his old team. You could tell he had a little extra bounce in his step, wanted to play well tonight. 23 points for the Jazz, 9 of 18 shooting, 5 of 12 from three. He got the start tonight. Uh, the Jazz got 21 from Jordan Clarkson. Uh, but Jordan was eight of twenty. He had uh, only three assists, and and I love it that I say only three because we're just we've become accustomed to Jordan getting a few more assists than that. But with no uh, with no Lowry Markinen tonight, they probably needed a little bit more uh, out of Jordan Clarkson. And I will say, you know, Rudy, Rudy is kind of a he's a he guards the areas on the floor that are really hard for Jordan. 
Um, right. You know, he's going to – they're going to drop cover, and so the, the guard's going to kind of not give him a ton of space with the ball screen. He's going to try to get over the top, uh, force that thing over the top so it's not a three or it's a contested side three or that little area that Rudy just dominates, Gobert land, as Locke would call it. That's where Jordan lives. You know, it was funny watching, you know, Rudy Rudy play on a different team and how he affects the game against the Jazz instead of for the Jazz and all those things to make Rudy great are still very much a thing. They are. You know, he's he's a unique player like Anderson. He dominates the game in in a lot of different ways, but they're not the flashy ways that are going to get a lot of highlights, but man, he's effective the way he does it. Yep, he sure is. All right, the Jazz fall tonight to the Timberwolves. 118 to 108 postgame is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse and each has a unique story to share. Read some and share your own at MySubaruIs.com. We'll get you sound for the players coming up next. Stay tuned. You're listening to Utah Jazz Basketball. score is printed. Jake Scott and the coach Tim Lacombe are breaking down how it all happened on the Mark Miller Utah Jazz postgame show. Oh my! Uh, all right, Jazz postgame. Jake Scott, coach Tim Lacombe postgame brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru featuring the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share your Subaru story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share at uh, Mark Miller. I had Miller. no idea that's what that was. Subaru.com. No. You didn't know what that was called? No. And the yeah. visual of, of somebody. I, I, it gave me visions of Cinderella pulling up in the pumpkin. The, we were talking carriage. about uh, the old old school holidays in downtown Salt Lake when the, the handsome cabs roamed around and coach did not know that's what those were called no that's not a thing anymore they've been they've been gone for a while all right post game we'll get uh we'll get some player sound coming up sorry jimmy we'll get we'll get back on track uh apologies uh jazz win or excuse me jazz lose i gotta get it together oh uh, to the timberwolves 118 to 108 in rudy's uh gobert's return uh, to Vivint Arena, we'll get uh, sound from the players coming up. You, you know, not that the the online conversation is what everybody's talking about, but man, there's a lot of convo about Rudy taking that layup in the in the closing seconds. Come on, it's just it's not that big of a deal, right? No, I I am. Look, uh, people are going to in the heat of a moment, people are going to do something. But it, come on, we just had a big old thing for him tonight. Let's not make a layup the. Be all end all. Well, I I thought uh, you read the the Minnesota uh, Minnesota coach uh, Finch his comments about uh, about that whole thing. Is the Jazz are going to press them? They're going to move the ball and take the lab. The Jazz did. They were playing defense out there. Yeah, and that I think- is typically kind of the general rule to me is if a team's just going to lay back, right? You're going to dribble. Yeah, then don't it. take the free layup. But if I don't know gonna- what else you're supposed to do. Turn it over. Yeah, it's kind of like one team has got to give up first, I guess. I don't know what's more appropriate, but uh, Malik Beasley was grumpy about it, that's for sure. Let Rudy like know it. there uh, coming off the floor. So, But I, I agree with you. Let's let's not let that – that's not worth overshadowing what was uh, a nice a nice night tonight 
full of moments between uh, Rudy and uh, jazz fans as they they really did. By the way, the moment where they played the video and where he was introduced and all very nice and standing ovation and everything you'd expect. I give a jazz a ton of credit. They do a good job. I mean, to me, the legacy of people that have played, done this, and done it, you know, in a city like this, and 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 worn the colors and the and the name on their jersey, like it means something. And when they come back, I think it's such a neat gesture the way that uh, the organization, t- you know, recognizes that it's it's really cool. Well, you know, honestly, Rudy always wanted to be here, and uh, you know, he he was traded. He did not leave in free agency. He did not demand a trade. And he was the first one traded, by the way. So, you know, I think all the reasons in the world for the Jazz to give him a warm reception, which he did. And, and by the way, Rudy was great uh, tonight in his return. Uh, in 37 minutes, 22 points, 13 rebounds. Totally de- de- changed what the Jazz wanted to do offensively and all the things that make Rudy Gobert, Rudy Gobert, one of the best defensive players uh, to walk this earth. And that was the... That was the fascinating part to me tonight. It was almost being able to watch it in a, in the mirror, you know, reverse image of everything that you'd seen him do, um, come to expect, you know, where he's going to be on every play, and then see him do that in a different uniform but back to that team. Uh, it, it shows the really special nature of Rudy Gobert. And, again, it's not flash, but there's a ton of substance to it. And the, the categories that he ends up dominating – those are the things you you know you do those things well you're going to win a lot of games. It's the reason that I thought Minnesota was going to be good this year, and I know they're uh, they're now one game above 500 and not getting off to the start. Maybe uh, certainly Timberwolves fans had hoped, but maybe some of the NBA pundits out there might have predicted after pulling off a a big trade like that. But I I think the Timberwolves were showed that they're a pretty good team tonight. They're deep. D'Angelo Russell is is still a fine player in this league. Anthony Edwards didn't have his best game, but he's still one of the most dynamic young players. And if they can figure out a way to best utilize Rudy Gobert, which, again, thought Rudy was terrific, then I think Minnesota has a chance to be good. The The tricky part is going to be when Carl Anthony Towns is healthy again and they mix him back in and how that – that's the whole key to the whole thing, how that mes- meshes. And, and to – you know, I, I kind of feel the same way you and David do that – Certainly, it's it's going to be more difficult to get those guys to play well together than it is to perhaps, you know, but the question is, will Minnesota do something where they do move towns and get something back they really could use? Uh, interesting to watch because I'm with you. I think that that team, you know, I love the guards. I love uh, – Edwards kind of freaked me out early. I, did, I saw him kind of showing a side of him, you know, that – not caring, kind of not giving a ton of effort. But I think, you know, it's been an adjustment for everybody. It's it's totally different than what these guys were used to from a spacing perspective. As they get comfortable, as they find out, too, the stuff he can do behind them, um, yeah, they're going to be good. You know, Edwards, it's it's funny, and not to get off on, on too much of a tangent, but while we're, while we're talking about it, ah, hold that thought. We've got a player. Let's go down to the media room and now hear from Malik Beasley. It didn't matter what he said. So, yeah. Um, with were you guys uh, defensively in the fourth quarter worried with how D'Lo was was shooting? You know, did you guys do anything wrong, or was he just a hot player making tough shots? Uh, yeah, I think that uh, as a team, we got to understand after he hits two or three in a row that we should lock in on him. And um, you know, I take credit in that. He made some shots, and 
Um, you know, we just got to be better as a team, understanding that and realizing that. You know, we're still growing. Um, and kudos to him. He had a great game. You know, I think he had like four, five in a row, four in a row. So, got so, it. No, my bad. Does the zone need a little bit more work, do you think? Um, we're still working on it. We're still progress. Most of our, you know, practice is in, in games because we don't practice anymore. Uh, luckily, we had a home stand, so we worked on this some, and it's gotten better. Um, but like I said, it just comes with repetition and um, knowing who's hot and who's not. Like in a zone, you gotta know where the shooters are, and uh, we didn't do that tonight. Do you feel like that, that was where the breakdown was? Not recognizing pre-pass or one pass away, two pass away. But yeah. Where he was right, exactly. Um, finally, when we still in the zone, I told Kelly because me and him are up top that uh, I'll go on his side so that way when the ball gets to the middle, uh, I can guard him in a better situation. And uh, we kind of ran him off the line towards the end, but at that point, they were up like seven, I think. So it's just tough to get back. We did it against Golden State, but you know, it's tough, you know, sometimes. What do you guys miss most when Lowry's not playing? Uh, just his cutting ability, his you know ability to score the ball, even his length and d- defensive end, um, and you know just helps better with our rotation, knowing who's uh, playing and things like that. And like I said before, he's an All Star, so whenever your All Star is out, it's, it's you know everybody has to step up a little bit more. And um, I think we did a great job. You know, I think the game just got out of hand at the end. It was a weird basketball game, but I feel like we played great. I feel like Otai came in and did what he was supposed to do, hit a corner three. Um, you know, a lot of guys do what they're supposed to do. Mike Conley walking back, he did a great job. You know, it's not easy to just come back in a tough game like that. Um, so, you know, like I said, we, we did good. We just lost the game. I don't think none of us have our heads down. You know, obviously it was a tough loss, but um, I think we have still good momentum going in tomorrow. What did Mike being back? Um, how did, how did that help you guys in this game? I know it was a loss, but how, how did it help having I mean, just just the ball movement. Um, you know, he uh, I mean, six assists in his first game back. Um, you know, he just moves the ball. Spacing is different. Um, I always tell him I need to miff his mic sometimes to be aggressive. And uh, he'll laugh and say, oh, I'm, this is, that was a long time ago. But uh, he knows he has to be aggressive sometimes to uh, help the pressure off us. And, uh, you know, he's a great veteran. And we love him on our team. Any extra juice for you going against your former team? Uh, I had a little extra juice, but uh, I had to keep reminding myself it's just a game, and uh, let's get this win. That was the most important thing. Um, it's the same thing tomorrow. Uh, we just want to get those wins. It's always good to see those guys I used to play with, um, but it sucks that we lost. Um, we were talking to Will, and he said you've been kind of vocal with him in terms of wanting to be a better defensive player and kind of you know watching film with him and, and trying to get better. How's that process been for you over the last couple months, and, and in what ways do you want to improve as a defender? Uh, I just want to continue to be a defender. Like I don't want to just be a three-point shooter or whatever, you know, the people say. But um, you know, I, I felt like I was a little slow today on the defensive end. I had a few drive-bys and fouls, um, and I owned up set as my team at halftime. I got to be better at defense, and I try to pick it up in the second half. And um, uh, it's, it's a lot of great guys in this league, man. So it's, you know, it's tough to guard them, but. You got to continue to keep watching film, understand what they like to do, and um, I'm going to grow on that and continue to keep getting better. I want to guard the best guard every night, uh, whenever I can. Thank you. Thank you. I thought that was some pretty interesting stuff there at the end, Coach Lacombe, uh, from Malik Beasley about defense, wants to be a better defender, but I, I like he, he kind of 
admit it, I guess, there, or at least uh, let us in. Said he went in at halftime and said, "Man, I got to be better." A couple, my guy blew by me a couple times. I'll tighten it up. I like that stuff. Yeah, it's accountability, right? It's the understanding that uh, you're all out there to do a job. And I'm telling you, if a guy will, like him will make that a priority, um, you know, will spend the time and really uh, understand the defensive spacing. Where do I need to be? What is you know, if I'm letting my teammate down, if I'm not on the on the nail or right on the elbow, and understanding all that, it's going to make him better. Um, I love I love somebody that will say, "Hey, I need to get better in this area." Uh, point it out because, you know, there's a lot of people that walk around thinking they do everything really well, and ourselves included. Yeah, but hey, we all make mistakes. That's why we need Jamil. He just cuts Keep us, us down. humble. Yeah, right. Just to remind us that uh, we're doing a terrible job. Hey, guys, this is, uh, <laughs> can you get out of the, uh, uh, out of the uh, weeds here? Beasley, 23 points tonight, 9 of 18 shooting. Uh, he led the Jazz in scoring. He had four uh, four rebounds and assists, a couple of steals. And I, I liked his uh, his uh, candid uh, answer, too, that uh, he did have a little extra juice for tonight's game going up against his old team, but he had to remind himself it's about to win, team. Those sorts of things. I think uh, I, I like answers like that because it's very human. Like you gotta. All right, I'm stoked about taking it to these guys. But I gotta remind myself, it's just a game. We need to go out and win. Yeah, winning's the most important thing. Certainly, for these guys, you know, you want to improve. You want to. You want to develop. And uh, I think the culture here and the coaching staff. I think that's that's totally doable. I mean, you see, you're seeing it this year with a guy like Jordan Clarkson. You know, he's. He's opening up a part of his game um, by virtue of the way the team's playing, the development. Uh, he's doing things, you know, that he hadn't done as much or as well. Uh, and it's awesome to see a guy who's been in the league as long as he has open up kind of a new avenue to be successful. That's what development is. Uh, this this staff does a great job at it, and um, you know, I think that that's that's one of the keys to you know, this kind of this rebuild is. There's a lot of, of really unique skill sets, and you just got to you know continue to grow them. All right, post game uh, show is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse, and each has a unique story to share. Read some and share your own at mysubaruis.com. We'll get you more player sound coming up next. Jazz fall to the Timberwolves, one eighteen to one hundred eight. You're listening to Utah Jazz basketball. Hear from the coaches, the players, as well as the coach, Tim LaCombe. It's the Mark Miller Utah Jazz Postgame Show. Here's Jake Scott. Jazz Postgame Show. Jake Scott, Coach Tim LaCombe, 118 to 108. Your final jazz fall tonight to the Timberwolves. Postgame is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru. And the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share your Subaru story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share Mark Miller Subaru. Dot com. Uh, Coach, let's get a look at the Master of the Glass, brought to you by Safe Light Auto Glass. Proud to present this year's Master of the Glass Rebound Program. At the end of the regular season, Safe Light will donate $5 to a charitable organization for each rebound secured by this year's team rebound leader. Tonight's Master of the Glass, Jared Vanderbilt, had 10 boards in 27 minutes coming in off the bench. He also had 12 points to go along with those. Uh, the Jazz were out-rebounded 43-40. to for the to, uh, for the game, but did out rebound the Timberwolves on the offensive side, twelve to five. I feel like I've got to mention this just because it feels like uh, old hat. Uh, the master of the glass of the game, 
for both teams was Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert. Feels like we stick. said that. Uh, yep. Uh, Rudy Gobert. Because he won the Master of the Glass 99% of the time. You know, we had to come up with something creative. Something to get to it. Uh, Rudy had 22 and 13, a double-double uh, tonight for Rudy. Uh, let's get back down to the media room. It's time to hear from Mike Conley. And we really only had one practice, like full full on contact practice. So um, it was uh, it was good to be out there and just get in the rhythm of it. And it'll keep getting better and better. And, you know, still not all the way there, but um, this is a good start. Is it hard to sort of get into the like a real rhythm when you're on a restriction and you don't have like your same sub patterns? And right. Stuff? Uh, yeah, it is. Um, you know, I'm trying to find a you know just a different routine for that kind of setup and. Um, you know, I thought I did pretty good, just keeping my body warm, getting on the bike, and uh, making sure I was active on the sideline. And uh, and you know, if I have to do it again, I do it again. But hopefully, uh, we just keep progressing back to uh, a little bit uh, normal rotation. What are your thoughts on just, I guess, the unwritten rules of basketball? Um, you know, there's unwritten rules in everything, and um, obviously, we don't like what happened at the end of the game. Um, but it happens. It happens, and I mean, what can you do? You know, we'd rather win the game and not have to worry about it. So uh, it is what it is. But obviously, we don't like it. What did you see from Nikhil in starting? I thought Nikhil played great. I thought he, uh, you know, really played within himself. I thought he really, uh, you know, he's he's one of our guys that gets in the paint and really does a good job of, of finding guys and. Um, making the game a little bit easier on people and defensively he's out there to hound people he's out there to create havoc and um, be physical create turnovers and uh, just another body and um, he's done great he's done a great job the last you know few weeks and especially starting tonight I thought he filled in great all right right, thank you all right there you go Mike Conley Making his return, the Jazz were three and six in the nine games that uh, that he missed. Mike tonight, twenty five minutes, coming in off the bench, seventeen point six assists and uh, one rebound. And uh, coach, you're the you're the expert, you're the coach on this uh, on this show. But it seems to my uh, untrained eye, man, the Jazz just play so much better offensively when he's on the floor. He is just so good, and everything just seems to run so much more smoothly when he's in the lineup and out there playing. Yeah, there's something to be said for you know a guy that's got a, a feel for where everybody's supposed to be on the floor, and um, you know he he definitely has that. His vision's great. I've made this point before, but you get players that can make an A to B pass, and that's really all you ask of them. Um, you know, you get some guys that can see option A, B, C, but literally Mike can drive it. He's got a guy dead behind him. He knows right where he is. Spacing. Um, and then his ability to push the pace. I think he's he's been a catalyst when the Jazz have been good in transition. He's had it. He's pushed the ball. Um, Sam makes some really extraordinary plays in transition tonight. So it's great to have him back. And most importantly, I thought he looked really good, and it didn't seem to have any you know anything that looked like it may have re-aggravated or tweaked or anything like that. No, it it, it does not seem that way. And it, I think it's obvious that he has the ear or the attention or whatever of the uh, younger players as well. It seems like they play better and are better positioned and those sorts of things when Mike's out there directing traffic. They they do, it does seem like they respond to him. You know, they, there's there's veterans I'm sure that are annoying 
but I imagine Mike is one that he really does play the mentor role for a lot of those guys. So um, actually saw a really cool moment tonight, too, prior to the game. Uh, Danny Ainge spent some time out on the floor with Agbaji and working on his shot. And, um, you know, he got that three in the corner tonight, which is right about the area they're working. But they were talking about footwork and release and things like that. So to be able to have the, the resource of all these guys, you know, that, that's what this is all about. It's bringing really good players in and getting them better at what they do and then do things they, they aren't great at. Listen, Obaji hit that three, and he was two of two in 12 minutes, so he had five points. He had three rebounds. I mean, that doesn't seem like a ton, but I like a guard who's trying to play his way onto the floor, and he's going to go out there, and, yeah, you're going to have to make shots if you're going to play. But go scrap up a couple of boards. Shows me the dude who's going to take advantage of those 12 minutes. Well, just being down there kind of watching close, he has, like, he's that NBA body is there. And that's the feature of his game. Like, <clears throat> we talk about Kessler. He's got the instinct. Now add the body to that, you know. And um, But Agbaji's got the – he's got the – He's, he looks like an NBA guy, you know, a veteran NBA guy. For him, yeah, those plays, those are the things that throw your body around, go get rebounds. I mean, that's, that's the easy thing. And uh, we mentioned this in Master of the Glass, but Jared Vanderbilt was good coming off the bench as well for the Jazz. He had a double-double, 12 points, 10 boards, a couple of assists, a couple of steals. And uh, it'll be interesting when Lowry Markinen comes back. He's uh, still out with an illness. What the starting lineup does indeed look like. Uh, do they leave Walker Kessler in the starting lineup? Do they move Vanderbilt back there? Does Malik Beasley resume coming in off the bench? I would guess once uh, Mike Conley gets the entire green light, he's going to move back into the starting lineup. But I am curious to see what they do with that lineup going forward. Yeah, I think there there's data points now with a different starting lineup and the way guys kind of combine together. So one thing certain, there isn't like a set, set way. And I think Coach Hardy's shown that he will experiment or move guys around. Oh, yeah. So uh, that, that, that plays right into this scenario perfectly. I don't think anybody's feathers will be ruffled if they don't start. I think everybody understands we're just out there to do our job. Want to get to the Chick-fil-A foul shot review of the game? Download a whole new way to Chick-fil-A. Earn rewards with the Chick-fil-A One app. Tonight, the Jazz were 12 of 24 from the line, 70.8%. Uh, the Wolves, 20 of 26 from the line. Rudy Gobert was 6 of 10 uh, from the foul line. The Jazz actually, I thought, uh, did a nice job not fouling as much in the second half. Yeah, that was a huge issue in the first, um, and perhaps why they saw some zone. Uh, they were having a hard time keeping guys in front. Uh, that certainly did create uh, that situation where there wasn't as much contact, and, and the zone does allow you to kind of guard areas without fouling. Um, you know, Russell did get some looks in the zone, so you, you live with some of that. Uh, but I, I really like the way they utilized it. I thought it was really well used. All right, post game is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru in the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse and each has a unique story to share. Read some and share your own at mysubaruis.com. Uh, we'll get to Gobert's response coming up next. He did uh, have some comments about that last shot. We thought we'd relay those to you. And then we'll get Coach Lacombe's final thoughts on this one. Jazz fall to the Timberwolves, uh, 118 to 108. That's straight ahead. You're listening to Utah Jazz Basketball. Final box. 
box score is printed. Jake Scott and the coach Tim Lacombe are breaking down how it all happened on the Mark Miller Utah Jazz postgame show. Oh my! Lane loses the ball stolen by Rudy Gay. 79-76. Jazz down three. Conley for the tie. Bow! We're all knotted up with 155 to play. They hop, they pop, and they knock the door down. 148 to play in the third. 14 to 4 run. That's our dude David Locke. Puffin' and puffin'. Play the game. Brought to you by Larry H. Miller Dealerships for Service Sales and Selection. LHMoto.com. Driven by you. Jazz post game. Jake Scott coach Tim Lacombe. The Timberwolves win tonight over the Jazz 118 to 108. Post game is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share your Subaru story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share at markmillersubaru.com. Tonight was uh, Rudy Gobert's return to Vivint Arena. He had 20, uh, let's see here, he had uh, 22 points, 13 rebounds, 8 of 11 shooting, and uh, 6 of 10 from the line. Uh, one of those eight makes. Coach Lacombe was a layup at the end of the game. Malik Beasley got in his face a little bit, not pleased. One of those unwritten rules where the game was decided and Rudy uh, took the layup anyway. Uh, Let's get to Rudy's response. We've got that clip courtesy of the Salt Lake Tribune, so give them a shout-out for getting this video. But here is the sound from the locker room, Rudy talking about uh, making that final layup. Shoving at the end there after uh, the dunk was that just all in sportsmanship? I don't know what it was, you know. But um, you know, when I I've been taught to play basketball until the last the last second, and you know, for me there was never any intent to disrespect anybody. So this guy just stepped in front of me. He's not going to do anything anyway. So you know, I didn't get to say to to shake hands with my guys. So we kind of kill my moment a little bit, but. You know, uh, it is what it is. You know, some guys just want attention. So, um, you know, just a big win for us. So there's Rudy's reaction. It sounds to me he wasn't really thinking about it, but he did. He did say it ruined his moment a little bit. And I could see that. You know, it was that's the time where everybody kind of stands and hugs and changes jerseys and uh, catches up. But that kind of all got thwarted tonight with. Uh, you know, B's just kind of stepping in and saying, I don't like that. Again, un- unwritten rules. And I get they're there for a reason. I'm not uh, one of those guys who says, you know, un- uh, don't respect the unwritten. There's a reason they're not written down. If they're such a big deal, write them down. I get it. You know, sportsmanship is a thing. But this is pretty inconsequential. And honestly, my my read of that cut, and and people probably disagree, but it didn't sound to me like he was really thinking about it. No. You just no. he said he was going to lay it in. They weren't going to do anything about it. Kind of. Well, and you know, if you take it back, I, I just saw on Twitter a clip: the Jazz in a very similar scenario. We're going to win the game in Minnesota, and um, and Minnesota was pressing, and the Jazz kind of raced it up and dumped it off, and with about a second left or two seconds, Vanderbilt dunked the ball. So again, I think part of it too, the venom you get, the righteous fandom. Yeah, you get sometimes you just step back and say, hey, look, the the cool stuff that happened tonight was to honor a guy who gave everything he had to this place. Don't let one stupid, you know, emotional thing ruin it. That's my take. 
There was a nice tribute video, by the way, for Rudy. If you were not in uh, attendance tonight, thought that that was very appropriate. The crowd gave him a standing O and certainly sounded like Rudy really appreciated it. So like those types of moments. And then Rudy went out and played a whale of a game. Saw his mom was here and was in tears. Which was great. How cool was that 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 Rudy's mom was here? Yeah, I mean, it means something to him. So, again, if you're still driving out there, just cut everybody a little slack on that one. Call it a mulligan. Yep. And she, you know, Rudy's mom was emotional. It was a, it was no, kind it was of cool. a t- was touching moment there. And well done. Uh, of course, fans around here know uh, how important that relationship is to Rudy. If you've followed his career, really, he's his mom was hugely supportive in town a lot, and uh, that was that was really cool that she was able to be here. I didn't know that that was going to happen. So that was that was awesome. Who was Rudy last year? He got into it with somebody and threatened martial arts. You know, the, the guy oh, didn't want to fight. right. I don't He's remember. not about that. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. We'll have to figure that out. But that's what re- the, his deal reminded me of tonight a little bit. And, and that's the part with, with Rudy you got to take with a grain of salt. He's great because he has a permanent chip on his shoulder. And it's never going to go away. So that's just part of who Rudy is. you got to, you know, swallow a little bit some of that and understand <laughs> – he got really competitive dudes. Well, it's the reason he's such a hard worker and such a, a self-motivated guy, which is a big part of the reason the Jazz loved him. He got worked all the time, got better at everything. I mean, I, I've mentioned this a bunch of times, but uh, you know, look at free throw shooting. Shaquille O'Neal never became a good free throw shooter. Rudy Gobert went from the worst free throw shooter in the league to I'll have to look at where Rudy is uh, this year, but I mean firmly into the 60s and 70s where it is to no one's advantage just to foul him automatically which is not always the case in his career and somebody got in his ear and told him and said hey rudy if you're going to play major minutes and you're going to play down the stretch you got to be able to make free throws so we went out in an off season and he came back with the ability to shoot free throws it's remarkable his his work ethic is is probably his greatest trait totally agree and to your point about Shaq. Working for Coach Majerus all those years, that was one of his favorite go-tos. You know, a guy who has everything, you know, that you need to be an effective player, and there's one little flaw, and instead of going and fixing it, you go out in the summertime and make a movie. That's just that was the stuff that drove Coach Majerus crazy. Rudy last year was 69 percent from the line. This year he's up to 72. It's amazing, it really is, and they look good watching him shoot him tonight. He started uh, his career, his first year with the Jazz, he shot 49% from from the line. Something Carl Malone did, too. He, yes. He became a very good free throw shooter when he was – you didn't know whether it was going to draw or even glass early on. Um, Man, Carl had that, too, didn't he? That where yeah. He was just going to go work and add he and work and add. Worked, yeah, and changed his whole body, you know, everything. Not to get off on a tangent, but uh, I get asked somewhat frequently whether Carl Malone would be – you know, a legendary player in today's day and age with the spread the floor and all this and that. And the answer is yes. I mean, if you ask Carl to learn how to be a deadly three-point shooter, my guess is he would have gotten there. So seeing what, what he developed throughout the rest of his career. I certainly would have tried, yeah. no doubt. Uh, all right, the Jazz fall tonight at the Timberwolves. If you're just joining us in his return, Rudy Gobert, double-double, 22 points, 13 rebounds and 37 minutes of play. 30 points from D'Angelo Russell, who really was the story for the Timberwolves as he was amazing in the fourth quarter and just had a heck of a night. 30 points on 12 of 16 shooting, 6 of 9 from 3. And it seemed like every time the Jazz tried to make it interesting in the fourth quarter, D'Angelo Russell would bang another 3. 
and uh, really uh, put his team over the top tonight. For the Jazz, Malik Beasley led the way with 23 points on 9 of 18 shooting. Jordan Clarkson with 21 tonight, 8 of 20 shooting. Jordan struggled from uh, 3, 0 of 7. Uh, the Jazz got 11 from Nikhil Alexander-Walker, who got the start tonight, 10 from Kelly Olynyk. Mike Conley made his return from injury, 17.6 assists in 25 minutes. Great night for Mike Conley. Jared Vanderbilt with the double-double coming off the bench with uh, 12 and 10. All right, Coach Lacombe, let's get some final thoughts from you on this one before we close the book. Look forward to tomorrow night's showdown with the Nuggets. Well, Russell, as you mentioned, was unbelievable. 20 of his 30 points in the fourth quarter. Um, and every time the Jazz kind of kind of scored on a punch um, in the next possession down, he had an answer. And so you, I think that that's the piece you take from tonight. You, Russell really did kind of win this game when it was kind of in the balance. Awesome to see Rudy Gobert back. Um, kind of surreal to see him do to the Jazz what he's done for the Jazz for so many years. Uh, but wish him nothing at the best. And and certainly the Jazz have a tough one. They got a flip around, um, you know, jump on a plane and and go try this again tomorrow um, on the road in, in Denver. So it's going to be a, a quick turnaround, but, um, you know, I'm hoping more than anything that Lowry can get healthy soon because I think with him tonight they win the game. Tell you, they haven't been out on the road for a while. They have not. We Six talked about game. them not being home. Yeah. It's just a boom, boom, boom. Six-game homestand, and then they're headed back out on the road only to come back home for two uh, consecutive games against the Pelicans at home next uh, next week on Tuesday and Thursday, I believe. I can uh, I believe that's that. correct. So um, not going to be on the road for very long, o- only tomorrow night in Denver. Uh want to say a big thanks to everybody who helped us out with uh, the broadcast tonight. Uh, thanks to David Locke and Ron Boone. Fine work from them as usual. Thanks to the broadcast assistants. Uh, thanks to Jamil Hawkins, who is the executive producer of the broadcast. Thanks to Mark Miller Subaru, the title sponsor of the postgame show. And the My Subaru is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse and each has a unique story to share. Read some and share your own. MySubaruWiz.com. And, of course, Coach Lacombe. Thank you, sir. Always a pleasure, Mr. Scott. Uh, your final Jazz fall to the Timberwolves tonight, one eighteen to one oh eight. Our next broadcast coming your way tomorrow night. The Jazz will be in Denver to take on the Nuggets. That game will tip off at seven o'clock. Pre-game coverage begins at six. You have been listening to Utah Jazz Basketball.